0: Welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. And I have a lot of friends that talk about movies that I'm trying to invite a diverse group of onto this podcast. And But I'm doing my first repeat guest so far, and I'm having back my friend Graham Hall to talk about Skyscraper. Graham, how's it going?
1: Great being here, Josh. And... You know, I was looking forward to doing this one because oftentimes you and I come on here and not even just doing podcasts. We talk a lot about movies and themes and what the deeper meanings are, and it's going to be kind of good (laughs) to talk about. Yeah, some people say dumb action movie, but sometimes, you know, it is good to remember what the movies is all about, and it is all about having fun, and this movie, you've seen the box office, you've seen the critical reviews and, and whatnot, but... Everyone I talk to says that this is one of the most fun movies or most fun times they've had at the movies, which – I think it's a whole another element we can get into of itself. We analyze okay, well, the movie. I want to I, I want to cut you go. off right
0: there though, because you've talked do to it. a bunch of people that have seen it, and whereas, and I have not talked to anyone else that has seen it. And, really? Uh, do, do you know? Do you know? Do you have a? Well, I don't think you have a Letterbox. I don't know if you do, but you know what Letterbox is, right? The. Oh, uh, what's that? Okay, so you should get a. You should get an account then. That's funny. You don't know what it is. It's like a. It's kind of like the social media site for movies. Like you can log all the films you see, and you uh. can like friends can post reviews, and if you want to comment on the review and talk about it, you can. It's like just kind of social uh, media but specifically for i movies. would lose
1: hours i would lose yeah hours. I mean, see when when i the imdb forums closed oh, that, that was, was sad probably for me. the greatest thing yep see but it was it was it was sad for me but it was probably one of the greatest things in terms of my productivity because oh, i would yeah. spend I would a would good go rabbit holes three on four words. hours yeah. yeah and i'd be reading reviews on movies i had seen 10 years ago and didn't give a crap well, about so, but and, like
0: when i got my letterbox at the end of 2016 I, I took like i i mean it was like right around the like the New Year's Eve, and I was off work, and I just spent like two days basically just logging every movie I could think of that I'd ever seen. It was actually kind of fun to do, like you rate it one to five stars or whatever. But enough, enough on that. I, I'll, I'll try and get you to get an account later because it's not as much of a time suck as you might think. But point being, I, I don't have a ton of friends on there. It's not like Facebook where I have to, like a thousand or whatever friends. Is I, I like twenty five people that I follow, most of whom I know personally, none of whom have logged skyscraper. So my goal for this podcast is that like I oh. want to just have my different friends on, and I have, a, I do have a lot of different friends that like movies and my my goal was to have the first 10 episodes all be like different combinations of people like I I called you my first repeat guest even though my, my previous episode where we did the documentaries like you had already been on once before that when you and Richard did Hereditary but I consider that like a different combination I will log I will like sometimes keep track of who I see a movie with where I saw it and it's fun to look back and see how many different combinations of people you saw movies with it just kind of shows the different groups of just how it connects you to your friends and how you can do different things with different people and it's, it's kind of fun to look back on it that way and I wanted the podcast to kind of be a symbol of that like oh I have all these different combinations of people I talk about movies with and I wanted to make it through 10 episodes without repeating that combination and I, I just did not have that option with Skyscraper because I didn't know anyone else that had seen it besides you so it's funny that you've seen you, you knew some other people that have seen it I knew no one you mentioned the box office Office, it's flopped a little bit at the box office and th- this is coming on the heels of the rock being in uh jumanji which was like one of the biggest movies at the box office all of last year and i don't actually know how rampage did at the box office i did you see rampage i did
1: not and i know some people who did see it and i'm pretty glad i didn't yeah
0: i it. didn't love it either but it made like a 425 million dollars i guess on a 120 million Oof. budget so i bet they were hoping for even more money than that because i guess it was kind of based on a video game too but skyscraper Street- this skyscraper cost like a, like I guess it actually is gonna make. actually made a lot, I guess, worldwide. I guess saying saying in Hong Kong probably helps its worldwide appeal a little bit, but uh, so it made like 130 million dollars worldwide, but only like it was like only the third highest grossing at the domestic box office opening weekend. So it's like it was like the the rocks like maybe his first miss in a while, at least according to critic the combination of critics and box office so i I don't know i thought it was interesting because like you were saying we we talked about a lot of more serious movies or talked about thrillers and this is maybe the first straight action movie we've talked about so i guess this is my long way of asking what do you look for when you go to see when you're going to see a rock movie or something like that you know what i'm saying because yeah it's certainly a different expectation i think because i I think i'm I'm a little more high on this than the critics as a whole because i'm more kind of thinking what did you guys think you were getting you know i feel like i kind of got what i signed up for
1: i i get i I think I come to that conclusion in the end where I think that I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not that clear cut kind of an answer. Um, so when I saw all the trailers, I initially wrote it off and said that it was another die-hard with featuring the rock, but with a guy, you know, missing a leg. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's kind of like a weird change. That's kind of cheap.
0: Well, it's like, how else are you going to believe that Pablo Schreiber can hang with him in a fight? You exactly. Know, you I know, away. I know. Yeah, it's, <laughs>
1: it's the whole suspension of disbelief thing. And that's why this is kind of dumb even making these points because we suspend disbelief with so many movies. But anytime a movie is particularly possibly feasible with as this movie presents itself to be is then you're supposed to think, oh, this could really happen because that's what all the thrill of it is, you know. But, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I saw all the trailers shoved down my throat as I'm, as I'm sure they were for you because when you go to so many movies with Movie passes as we do, you see these movies, tra- this, see these movie trailers like Quiet Place and the new Mission Impossible trailer relentlessly. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing this trailer more and more, and I saw my opinion go from, okay, this is going to be kind of dumb to being like, okay, this could be kind of fun. You might as well just go. Because when my girlfriend and I go to movies, we like going on premieres, we like going to the new theater celebration point, and we always like bringing in a little bit of wine (laughs) and I hope no one out there snitches on me so that I I can't bring it in anymore, but we bring in a little bit of wine (laughs) and it was fun just to sit there and like enjoy the movie for what it was, even though there was countless flaws and plot holes. And it really brings me back to, and I'm sorry to make this, you know, deeper than it really is, but it brings me back to the psychology argument of not only movie pass, but seeing something without any financial investment, which I think is movie pass as well. Knowing that we could just go and see the movie for what it was and have fun without having to drop, you know, twenty-five dollars and you know, expect to get something out of the movie, I just had a lot more fun watching the movie because it's not a movie that I think is gonna be particularly good, not in theaters. Right. Um, I was pretty annoyed. I I, my, my theater
0: wasn't showing it in its IMAX, which was kind of annoying. Yeah,
1: we I saw it in the R P X. Okay, um, theater at Celebration Point, and it was it was in a crowded theater. It was on actually the Thursday night premiere. Oh wow! Um, because I was leaving town the next day, and so we saw it Thursday night, and so I came to the conclusion that I liked it. But then I came to the caveats, like I was saying, this is where I'm getting with this. I came to the caveats that I would not have liked it if I didn't see it in theaters. And I came to the caveat that I would not have liked it pay if it. I had to pay real money for it. <laughs> right, and that makes me wonder what is making me like it. And it was the experience, but I didn't. I don't know if I value that experience at like twenty five dollars taking me you, and if, my girlfriend. If you're paying for,
0: for it, you want to feel like you saw a legitimately like good movie as opposed yeah. to just a fun movie.
1: Yeah, but then, but then I like also come back to it being like, what are you talking about, man? Like, like I'm also the type of guy who's going to pay. Like I paid to go see Patterson with Adam Driver in theaters, and I really liked it, even though it was just a, you know a week long op- movie. There might not be a different a more. There might be no. There
0: might not be a more different movie from Skyscraper to drop that's a reference to than exactly, Patterson. That's why I gave that example. Or like <laughs> I mean, i good could good say reference. like
1: Swiss Army Knife, but it's literally like I'll pay for these little indie movies, and and I this was like before Movie Pass two years ago, and I'll pay for these movies. Movies and then that be w- like movies that you don't probably lose anything yeah, if you don't watch on the big screen. Exactly. And like if I was watching it on Netflix and now like Swiss Army Man and these movies are already on Netflix, like if I were to watch them on Netflix, I would just get as much out of it. Right. And but I enjoy paying real money. So I'm always thinking, like, what are you talking about, man? Like, so it's always up to the individual, obviously, is what this all boils down to. And I'm just not the type of person who wants to pay to see a diehard remake um, and you know what, you know, I, where I thought they a lot of, you know, lost people a lot and this is all, I'm sorry to, you know, go on this long ramble, good, but, um, you know, I thought, I've thought a lot about the failures of solo at the box office. And I think a lot of it does come down to marketing. When I saw skyscraper, if they had marketed the way they marketed it from the offset, the way they marketed the third trailer, which was like showing the full plot of it, protecting the building and all this stuff, rather than showing that initial teaser trailer, which is where him doing this. You know, wildly impossible jump right. with one foot off the crane into the skyscraper. That was where I was like that. My first reaction was like, this is stupid. If they'd marketed it differently from the beginning, I probably would have been more inclined to see it in the beginning and probably would have had a better expectation going in. I don't know. It's all psychology for me, man. I know. This is, I it's just, it's know. interesting because I one I hadn't I, down I hadn't, a rabbit hole of psychology. Now one, I don't
0: know if you had a chance to listen to the podcast I did with Adam Schick. Um, we talked. Nice. Uh, nope. Yeah. So if if you have any, if you have any interest, oh, did you even see Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom?
1: Yeah, and I hated it.
0: Okay. Well, then Adam and I were maybe uh, maybe I was maybe a little higher on it than Adam, and he was probably higher on it than you. But we talked about that. But then we talked a lot about Movie Pass. After that, he just wanted to talk about like. Movie Pass as a whole and like the operation, all the controversy that surrounded it. So, we talked about it a lot and just more about the business side of it as opposed to like, and then we talked a little bit about American Animals at the end, which I know you really liked. Yeah. Um, but, like, I during our whole conversation, he and I talked for about for like a half an hour. I don't even think I thought about once like its effect on like me going into a movie and how much I'm going to enjoy it, which is which is really interesting to think about because I've been a Movie Pass subscriber for. Almost three years now, so I I have to think pretty long and hard to think about, like, how I thought about my... And back when I saw movies before that was before I was an adult living on my own, and I was, like, financially dependent on my parents. So I guess I don't know life as, like, an adult that had to pay... That, and ha- being financially independent and having to pay for movies, like, on my own. Like, so I've never actually had that feeling. So mm-hmm. I hope I never have to feel it, and I hope MoviePass figures itself out, and I never really have to face that challenge. But I've never, like... As, I, I, it's hard for me to remember like ever going to a theater and like really feeling the financial hit of it, but th- large thanks to movie, large part to Movie Pass. So it's interesting to hear you talk about it that way. But the one thing I will say is, if you like are comparing every action movie you see to like Die Hard, then you're going to be disappointed. You know what I mean? Sure, like, but it's this like was a very. I guess yeah, was trapped was in a building type of thing. Right, trapped this in a building.
1: Incredibly. You know, former former military or cop man, and he's got to go save his family trapped in a building from foreigners who take it over. We'll talk. We'll talk about the building itself for a second. I mean, literally, a
0: movie like this is going to be very reliant on CGI, like putting a freaking rainforest in a building. You have that whole spear thing. Like, did you at least like like the visceral impression the movie left on you, and like the aesthetic of it all?
1: Yeah, because I think it not only. You know, you think of marketing, and that's a great thing you brought up about how it, you'd think it'd be more successful in places like the Middle East, which I know doesn't have a massive movie market. But you think right. of Dubai, right. And it is one of the per capita richest you know, places in the world, richest places in the entire world. A bunch of crazy buildings, and they have those, you know, they have those buildings. So it plays up to not only Americans, like you know, fascination. Because you think of we and we talked about this before. You think of like American nationalism. You got to think of like, oh, we're the best, blah 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 blah. (laughs) And so, if any other place has a better building than America, Americans are going to be fascinated by that. And that's so stupid of a concept, but it is like you know because it's seen as like alien and foreign and out of this world. And that is a whole demographic that likes that as well. And then you think of you know the head guy Ken Watanabe. You know, it's massive in Hong Kong. Um, and then The Rock, like you said, the biggest star of today's day and age, really, of, of people who've come out as action stars, has an HBO show, has been in the Fast and the Furious series, has now led the Jumanji reboots now. I struggle to think, you know, what is wrong with the movie unless it leads me back into the entire... Hollywood needs better ideas Hmm. because people have long and I guess when you say long, but probably for about 20 years now, there's been this whole regurgitation of reboots and some of them have been very, very good. But the majority have not been very good and you can say it's not a diehard remake or whatever you want to call it, but it has enough tropes and similar plot devices where it is Die Hard and about 10 different other movies, like Taken, where a guy's got to save a member of his family against you know immeasurable force, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Former military guy, blah, 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 All these different tropes. Well, I think it's interesting you say that, though, because— like, I think people are just tired of them. Well, we say that, but
0: we're in a week, we'll see how Mission Impossible Fallout does. Well, it's, in that's, its that's, first that's weekend. a different
1: question. Skyscraper wasn't getting— the reviews ahead of time, two weeks ahead of time. And and that is a whole other day and age thing. You know, 15 years ago, people weren't focusing on embargoes. And, right. you know, you and I have had conversations in the past where like, you've texted me or I've texted you and been like, oh, oh man, it's Wednesday. At, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no reviews out. And it's, oh, man, is it really going to be this bad? Blah, 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 blah. We're seeing this incredible critical rollout three weeks in advance. Yeah, every of every Mission critics of Mons- like
0: every critics like, oh my god, this movie is sex. Like I've seen that. Which we have like three
1: seen. Yeah. Which we've seen with you know other movies where it doesn't live up to that. Right, but, but, but we've but already my, seen but, the Rotten Tomatoes Well, My point course, is, it's the sixth know.
0: movie. Like you're talking about how like Hollywood's not fresh. And I've been on like a Mission Impossible binge. Sure. Like, the last like I-, I wanted to rewatch all of them, and I just watched sure. Nation yesterday, just to, like refresh myself before that comes out, and like. Those movies like still do really well and like well, all well, of them besides well, two are critically received very well. But like they hit a lot of the same beats. Like and I've heard well, that well, like this feels different, but like it's a franchise doing very well where it's not exactly that, reinventing hit the real- on it.
1: You just hit on it. Franchise. There are people who know going into a Tom Cruise movie that one not, not only Tom Cruise fans is like who The Rock hopes he can be in thirty years, <laughs> but um, I mean, that's totally true in terms of you know lead vehicles. Tom Cruise has been leading movies since the '90s. No, since the '80s. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Since late late '80s, really. No, so, early '80s, it, dude. He's he's like that's when
0: Risky Business came out. like yeah. 82. I he's thought it was '87. Yeah,
1: whatever, Yeah, you're, I mean, almost, almost yeah, you're 40 right, years. You're right. You're <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. He's been leading it forever, and so The Rock is, has a long way to go before he not only has that devoted fan base but you're talking about exactly this is the sixth one in mission impossible it's been marketed like many have the others have as like possibly the last one um the critical reviews have been amazing it's been you know trailers have been out since january um you know the whole trope of <laughs> tom cruise does his own stets, stunts is its own like uh action contractually you know, has to get the ride a motorcycle in every movie exactly exactly there you know what you're getting with that movie it's what this all boils down to, and in Skyscraper, people don't people didn't know that it was going to be like you said, as fun as it really was. And there are things that you know you could say like, may, why not just call it a Die Hard reboot, reboot Die Hard, and have it start yeah, the Rock? Rock yeah. They're both bald, they're both massive. <laughs> you know, they do the same thing. They're both badasses. It's literally the Rock is literally Bruce Willis as an as an action star. 30 years later well i think it's really and interesting
0: that you had this relationship with the movie like before you even saw the movie because that's like usually my thing is that i have this love-hate relationship with trailers and i gotta i don't know if i should or just like definitely. i'm worried about getting too hyped or something if i see it too much of it or if i hear too much about it did, did you see sorry to bother you yet no okay right? i'm really i'm actually inter- let me Close. know once you do and uh
1: what, what you think
0: oh yeah i heard it was late getting to gainesville too but yeah
1: we only got it last week
0: yeah but like and that one, like, I didn't watch a single second of the trailer because I heard it would ruin it for me. And then, like, I just heard so much build up about, like, how, oh, it's going to be so we- – it's so weird. And I was like, shoot, is it going to be too weird that I'm not going to like it? And I heard a lot of stuff. But whereas for, like, Skyscraper, I think I'm different from you in that I probably would prefer the first trailer. And I, I don't think I even watched the third because I don't like those trailers that give away, like, a bunch of the plot. Like, I would rather just, like, see some cool shit. And then just go in not knowing anything really? aside from that. Whereas like here, I don't think I had like high expectations. Like, uh, but I saw like that you enjoyed it because you saw it before I did. I saw it just yesterday, and you saw it before I did. It was
1: very fun.
0: And, and, and uh, that's, so, so I think that, made me, feel, I that made me. Yeah, that made me feel good about it. If nothing else, like I didn't have like expectations for it to be great because I saw the reviews and. But like I oh Graham had fun. Maybe I'll have fun, and that's basically all i knew it's like i just gotta temper my expectations correctly it's like it's like not a great reviewed movie but it's like it's yep. an action movie in a burning building and i'll have to like hopefully get enough out of that and like it was visually stimulating enough that like i wasn't bored and like i had enough
1: fun you know it was it's it, still stayed by that it's it was the most fun that i've had at the movies this summer and that could certainly change next week with mission impossible um but it was like obviously it wasn't the best movie I've seen all summer not even close it was the most fun because that's pretty much what it was is a movie that you got to take it face value temper your expectations not you know criticize it for the you know regurgitated themes that you've seen in a lot of other movies and plot points and if you just take it as a movie for what it is i think a lot of people are really going to enjoy it and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, and you know, I, it, would say, that's I would say interesting should, is should it should be really that's the argument. Yeah, and
0: I don't think it tries to do more than that. And I I, I don't want to say anything to spoil any of. I, I don't like telling people too much about movies before they see them. But I'll just say one of my problems with Equalizer two maybe that like, which you haven't seen yet is it maybe does try and do a little more than that. Whereas like I think Skyscraper does know what it is and it's not trying to bite off more than it can chew. And it's like if 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 you know what you are and you don't take yourself too seriously then like i think that you'll be fine if you can like pull off cool action and unique things to look at and like while yes the thing in a building is not unique in that like something like Die Hard's done it better before it like gave me a new kind of building to look at and be like oh that's cool and uh, you know like it's cool to see like all this different stuff in one building like that's that's interesting or whatever you know and I, i the other the other thing i liked was that it it let the mob do some cool stuff um i guess like uh uh, certain movies would just like relegate the female character to just like really just be there to be saved and it was cool to watch her get to kick a little bit of ass and do well, some she,
1: was a, stuff. Oh, she who, was a big who, star nev campbell you mean
0: yeah yeah, campbell, yeah. yeah. i mean yeah. I, I don't think i've seen it i actually haven't she seen was in it's...
1: the scream series right and i'm not She's a... used to kind of kicking bad guy ass Yeah. yeah so
0: it's cool that like it actually like let her get to do some stuff instead of just, like, being there helpless. And I, I, I respected that because I feel like there probably are some Western movies when, like, the star power is, like, that, like, on polar Op- where, like, the rock star power far exceeds anyone else in this movie. Like, yeah, people know who Ken Watanabe is, and they know Menev Campbell if they've seen him screen. But as far as in 2018, like, it'd be easy just to, like, make it all about him and not give the other character, like, a cool moment. And it was nice that, like, she got to do some stuff is one other thing I'll give it credit for.
1: Yeah, I think it was a good summer blockbuster, and um, but I guess it didn't live up to the name of blockbuster in terms of making this huge amount of money, so I think they're going to have to examine what that is, but that and Solo, you've seen not sell. Yeah, um, I think
0: Solo was more of like, it was dumb for them to release that when they did. Um, sure. I think I might have talked a little bit about that on the show. Should, should have
1: come this December.
0: When I did a podcast on Solo. Yeah, like, those all the, like, I mean... Well, I think more, most people liked Rogue One more than I did, but like that's the other one. Oh that, man, that's that, my favorite. Oh really? Okay. Well, that's a that's a discussion for. Oh, another I heard d-
1: the judgment in your voice. Uh, that's
0: a discussion for another day. Oh really? But, uh, yeah, I don't like it. But, <laughs> but but the fact is, like, undeniably, a very successful enterprise for them. Like, a lot of critics did like it, and it made a shit ton of money, even though it wasn't one of like. The the main in it wasn't within the main storyline of the main trilogies or however you want to phrase the spinoff movies separately. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that people didn't care that it wasn't a Skywalker story or something like that. Like I think people just like they do other stuff on Memorial Day weekend. You know what I mean? Like I think there's enough thirst for Star Wars content that like I think that they would have seen it if they just put it at a different time.
1: Yeah. Well, you go back and look at you know people talk about critical reviews and some people say oh they don't matter. Well, they actually, you know, matter a, gra- a grave bit, and I use the word "grave" because it can definitely determine whether people don't see a movie if they're already on the fence of- about it, and they can also determine whether someone sees a movie if they're not, you know, planning to see it. In a movie that you know isn't big, if it comes out and never gets more than a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes nowadays, that movie is often, more often than not, by far, financially successful. Mm. And you look at Rogue One and the reviews it got, it got like an 88% or something like that, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, which has to be a little bit of a boop given how tough critics have been on Star Wars in the past. And there's always – you know, people have insane expectations, even um, critics when it comes to Star Wars movies. But it was regarded – and like you said, it wasn't part of the natural timeline, so it had a lot of things working against it. But then it made a billion dollars. Right. Right. That is insane. And, and and Solo made, you know, forty percent of that. Hasn't yeah. hasn't crossed four hundred million. Yet. I
0: mean, it was so bad it made them put the brakes on all their other projects aside from the stuff that Ryan Johnson's doing.
1: You know what I mean? And like, they're well, they're gonna still be doing the Boba Fett one that's being done by James Mangold, who wrote. And oh, directed Logan, yeah, It makes me so optimistic, he's still working he's on that. I did, I, I, but, I,
0: did, I I guess I misheard yeah. that. I thought I thought that got put on hold. He's too. still
1: doing that. Okay, um, to my understanding, yeah, I'll be down
0: for that because I like him.
1: Yeah, but I think, like you said, the whole thing is Star Wars is a December thing. It is a. It's always been a December thing when new movies come out. To do it in May was probably the worst decision the studio could have made because right now, you know, the worst thing that you can do. In anything, sports, anything like that, is when you have a big loss, you got to follow it up and get back in the game. Now there's 18 months until another Star Wars. If it had come in December, people would have, you know, and not think, still been and I think that, this, last that, Jedi. that
0: specific December 16th weekend that they did the last two, like Episode Seven and Eight, on, like that's such a good weekend to release a movie because people are like people aren't traveling and going on vacation because they're about to go do that for christmas you know what i mean like they're yeah. th- like whereas on memorial day weekend people like like the last two memorial day weekends I've, I've been i went to austin on a trip and then i went to las vegas on a bachelor party like people do stuff that weekend that involves being outside because it's summer whereas like in december before christmas people aren't traveling yet and it's cold outside so they go into a movie theater yeah. like, it just makes and I sense think there's,
1: i think there's another part of the argument that um we totally leave out and i don't know the impact or can say that it's massive when it comes to disney movies but everyone knows that netflix has a deal with disney where after one of their features comes to home video three months later literally three months from the day that it goes to home video and blu-ray it appears on netflix
0: hmm. i didn't realize i didn't know about that and i guess that's probably going to change so that, soon since disney's doing how, its own.
1: well disney's going to do its own that's cha- so in fall 2019 next year Disney launches its own service, which has all the things from ESPN, Fox, A&E, Marvel, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars. Exactly. So all that stuff will be hitting Disney's exclusive platform three months after Video On Demand. But now, you know, three months on Netflix, how much are, you know, non-Star Wars diehards really unable to wait six more months? You know, right now... You can see The Last Jedi on Star Wars, and you can can still see Rogue One, and you can see Coco and all that stuff, and Solo is going to come to Blu-ray in September. And then in December, three months later, when you would normally get Star Wars, it's going to be available – Solo is going to be available for free on Netflix – so when you would normally get a solo movie, it's going to be available for free for everyone to watch on Netflix. That is terrible marketing. I guess it is, but like, still, like, I feel like terrible. Star
0: Wars itself is like the kind of thing you sure. want to see in theaters, regardless. Like, I feel like some people, I feel like, I guess so. I guess there are people that even, even though I'm not the biggest Star Wars person, I guess there are people that like, st- I don't know, people that would still watch it and just don't care enough to see it in theaters, I suppose. But like, the fact that Rogue One made a billion dollars showed that people will go see these movies in theaters, you know?
1: Yeah, but. But the the person on the other side of the argument would say that you can, you know, cast many likable names like, you know, like Donald Glover and and, uh, and many Clark others. And, and, and yeah, Gerson. and, and uh, Paul, whatever his name is, you know, who played. Yeah. Paul, the, what's his name? That really lovable Paul guy. Ben, Paul oh, ben. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Paul, what's his, Paul, what's who's it? Um, you can cast all these likable, well-known actors um, in a Star Wars movie and it can not make its budget back. So I think there is something to be said about you know it's a, it's a whole piece of the puzzle and we're totally getting off the topic of skyscraper for sure but it is a good talk about summer blockbuster and what makes a successful movie because you think that studios think they can just pay a guy like the rock 20 million and then get a rebooted script and change a few things here and there and get a budget and how much does skyscraper well, well, yeah, cost to I, make 125 million dollars for that that is that is a lot of money yeah, um, it,
0: it might do okay. I guess I didn't realize it made that much globally, but like I think after Jumanji, where like a
1: lot of people just that's so heard... much it cost one hundred twenty-five million to make,
0: right? Well, uh, well oh, right. Well, it's, but it's
1: uh, only made about what eighty million now. Well, no, so, so far. it
0: looks like it's made one hundred thirty globally. Um,
1: uh, well, that one hundred twenty-five million doesn't count marketing the and market. stuff. But yeah, still, and like, it's been marketed out the ass. Yeah, I
0: think, but I think like after um, like after Jumanji, which a lot of people thought was a bad idea at the time, and then it like it did really well. I think people are like, oh, maybe it is like The Rocks just, like. Is that critic proof and like people just really love watching him and I think this proves that like you got to have like you said you were saying at the beginning of the podcast like you probably need to have more of a more of a hook than just a different version of Die Hard even if we still had fun at this movie to like totally become like the success that something like Jumanji was like and what I part of what I thought was did you see Jumanji. Yep. Yeah, I thought I really what was cool it. about that was that, like I felt like it did have it. It wasn't just a regurgitation of the original. Like it did its own interesting, had a, interesting ideas within it. And you do, you got to have that. You got to have some kind of new, more original idea than just like disaster movie within a building. And I, I don't I, – I really like San Andreas. I don't know if you have strong opinions on it. Like, I thought it was a fun, perfectly fine time at the movies Um, even though I guess it was a traditional disaster film, which is like what also kind of made me think like, hey, is, yeah, I guess that made $470 million on $110 million. Budget, I never so. saw that actually. Not as big of a so. success as Jumanji, but like it was still fun and I guess felt a little more um, – like a, a little more original than this, just with its general idea, Actually, I guess. Actually, I might have seen that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess hopefully The Rock does – I mean he's been in so many movies. He's been in three movies in the last like seven months. And I guess now there will be a little bit of a break because I don't think he has anything between this and the this, the Fast and Furious spinoff with Jason Statham. Ballers. Uh, Baller, well, before we see him again on the big screen, uh, Ballers is solid. Uh, uh, well,
1: I mean so the reason I just you know threw that in there is because people – there have been some articles that have popped up saying that is Dwayne Johnson fatigue, you know, the, to blame for Skyscraper's underwhelming debut, the fact that he's been in everything. And, you know, he you just said that he's not going to be in the screen for six months or whatever. But he does have a show, a huge show on HBO that every show that they have commands big attention. They get big names like Reese Witherspoon and Meryl Streep coming out and, you know, Amy Adams right now. And The Rock is going to be front and stage in another for the next two and a half months is, is like, that,
0: like is it that
1: big there's is a is huge demographic the there's i mean a lot of athletes watch it okay. because it shows hmm, it's hard to say why it, it kind of shows a sympathetic portrayal of athletes in a way um the way that it looks like they're consistently being taken advantage of and that you know that you know they're it shows the agents trying to work for their best deal for them. And they like, you know, seeing those sides of the business that they're just told to trust in and don't necessarily, you know, it's a blind trust for sure. And they like kind of seeing this dramatized version of an agent played by the rock who looks like he will do anything for his client, loan him $300,000, blah, blah, blah. And, and at the same time it shows him looking out for guys like this and it shows the, you know, the bad guys as the owners and, that's the way it, it is kind of set up. So it is, for a certain demographic, it is massive. And you and I, let's just put it how it is, as two, you know, um, Caucasian 25 to 27 year olds don't necessarily understand, you know, the market that it does have in certain areas. And I think it is a testament to why in HBO, uh, 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 you know, a network that is notorious for taking many chances on things, but also not being one to, stick with a show if it's not doing great. Ballers has... Yeah, I have, n- um, I have no idea what its ratings are. HBO it is, has, does not have great critical reviews, but its ratings have been tremendous. Yeah, they probably like being in the,
0: business with like someone yeah. that is as big as The Rock.
1: Um, and it's, it's, you know, from all accounts are that they took a step back to reassess this current season after worse reviews in season two and three from season one. Um, so we'll have to see how, what that does for The Rock's uh, current figure. If he does, I think it's going to be pretty big for him to make a rebound either with this next film or with Ballers to get good reviews because I think there are people who are starting to point out that, that The Rock can only do a certain amount of things on screen. Well, according, uh, according
0: to IMDb, like I, I thought that true. the next movie he had was the Hobbs and Shaw movie, but apparently he's filming a movie right now called Jungle Cruise based on Disneyland's theme park ride where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle filled with dangerous animals and reptiles but with a supernatural element starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Emily Blunt and Jesse Plemons. I really like the and Paul Giamatti and I like all those people. directed by the guy that does all the Liam Neeson movies, Juam Calais Sarah,
1: the guy that did Sure, uh, and I like uh, all those people. So, so that that might actually come out, totally with that, but that. That,
0: that's not set to come out till October next year. So, but like, yeah, we might have another, we might have like 14 months without seeing him on the big screen and just ballers. And I mean, I think it's funny that like this guy's become this huge movie star, but he like, he almost got locked into like this ballers contract. Like before, like he actually like took off and became as like on the level of he is now as a movie star. Cause he signed
1: onto that like four years ago or five years yeah. ago, I guess. And it's just kind of well, I funny. Guess, so ballers is done by the team. You did Entourage. That did uh, that did Entourage. So they have a previous business relationship with HBO. So you'd have to think that the show has a stronger business relationship with the studio than it does with Johnson. But mm-hmm. by all accounts, Johnson, you know, being a former NFL player himself, or not NFL player, former college I football think player, he played in the NFL for like one year, though. Um, but played at Miami, um, being a former College football player was very interested personally in doing this project. Yeah, it's a uh, set in Miami too. <clears throat> so while he's not necessarily locked in, he's wanted to stay in it, and I think that it would be the perfect opportunity for him to show a lot more emotional depth because we haven't seen, and which it kind of did in the last season yeah. where it, you know delved into his you know we, you know you know what, know the, you know what? I wanted to make more stories and stuff.
0: I would like him to make more movies like Painting Game, Painting Games really good.
1: I have not seen that. Oh, dude. Oh, pa- Pain and Gain? Yeah. Pain and Gain. The Michael okay, Bay with movie. Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, dude, you should watch Pain, Pain and Gain. I think you'd actually really No, I've like seen it. it. Oh, it. I've said, seen okay. it. Okay. Oh, you I've thought I was talking it. about yeah. something else. A, I think it's a painting game. No,
0: Pain and Gain. That's an amazing rock performance. Like I don't like and I I that's based on a true story, but it's like more it's more original than like other stuff, you know, that he's doing like with pre-existing intellectual property I guess is what I should say like this is like so and it's just like a very very like multi-layered performance from him like it's he's the best part of that movie easily and like it'd be cool if he like mixed in more like movies like that as opposed to just like these big like blockbuster
1: type of things you know yeah and i think in the future he will make more passion projects like that and it just shows once he's done making his money
0: yeah it shows his acting chops i'd say like ballers does too i guess maybe a little more so than like something like skyscraper even if i can go see skyscraper and still have a perfectly fun time you know
1: yeah you know i and this is probably another (laughs) topic for another day but i saw the robin williams Documentary on HBO, which everyone should absolutely see. That it's very sad, obviously, but it's very, very good, and shows why Robin Williams is considered a genius. Which a a certain demographic who only grew up knowing him and Jumanji and Mrs. Doubtfire and stuff don't really understand. Um, You know, Robin Williams is the perfect definition of a guy who grew up taking, you know, doing whatever he could for his big break, and took whatever, you know, jobs he could get. And then once he became successful and established an identity, he sought more, you know, real roles that could show depth, like he played a woman in Mrs. Doubtfire. And he, you know, um, uh, what am I thinking of? Wow. Um, Are you thinking, he did um, uh, Waiting for Godot with okay. Steve Martin on Broadway. Hmm. Um, and he just did a lot of different things that showed and justified that not only he was like a real actor with who was like an unconventional actor and didn't go do like the normal acting chops. He just like pretty much was himself on screen. Um, I think the rock, that is the ideal next next step for the rock because he is seen as like a very, you know, one dimensional actor um, who I'm sure to get to the level he's at has a lot more behind his personality than he's that's let a ta- on that's a public. tall
0: order to ask him to get to Robin Williams level but I'm not be, saying that but interesting you know he's he, the other thing I was excited that he signed up for is called is the, the Doc Savage movie he was going to do with Shane Black you know I mean that's <laughs> like a different kind of filmmaker for him to work with and it yeah. could maybe push him to some interesting places even though like Shane Black is uh more comedic he's comedic in a different way than like some of the other people that the rocks worked with iron
1: man 3 was comically bad
0: well yeah but i mean like he did you know kiss kiss bang bang and nice guys and stuff like that so um like if someone with those sensibilities is different than like straight comedy so it'd almost be a step and i feel like it'd be a step towards really getting somewhere else for him but he like he does get to do some pretty dark stuff on ballers and i think he does a pretty good job with it
1: when he when he's when, when they when the show goes in those directions agreed i like him i just um We'll have to see how much longer people can take him doing just a few different versions of. Like when you see. Well, hey, Liam, screen, Liam Neeson but, and Tom Cruise like, are still making it action movies. Think of, it think of it this way. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. Like, okay, obviously this is not like this is kind of an extreme comparison, but when you see like Daniel Day Lewis on screen, you're like, oh man, he's playing, you know, it's Daniel Day Lewis, but you can totally see. You know him as a different person in his roles. Oh, for sure. When you see it, the Rock movie, you always see, oh, these are all those other stuff going on, and the main character is always the Rock. Do you remember his main name in Skyscraper? Uh, no, something. No, Saw- something Sawyer. And I, Will Sawyer. That's okay. right. And but it, it's. You always know him more as the Rock, and part he of that, part of that, I want to, I want to say, part of that is, is like true.
0: his fault for not his fault, like or as much as it's <laughs> his, his fault for being as jacked as he is. But it's like when someone's that big, it's like hard to like, like he's comically a huge person. Like, so, sure, and I think about,
1: Dave Bautista is going to struggle with that too
0: in It's so funny you say that because I was about to say, I as small as a part of it, it as it is, I do think he gets to create a little bit of a different character in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and. Like that's a small role that he has, but it certainly feels like different, like a different thing. Like wow, Dave, he's Batista's kind of playing a character in a way that I don't think we've seen the Rock play a character in a movie, and it'd be cool to see him get that kind of role. Like I, I don't know if I would, I, I don't know if I could see him taking a supporting role like that because like he's a bigger movie star than Dave Batista. But like I do think there is a is a way where without get be, without turning yourself into Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, I think Dave Batista showed there's a way for guys that are that big to like disappear new character a little bit
1: you know sure sure and yeah it's a very good point i'm it's you know this is one of those things that history will answer if he ever makes the next step into being seen as like a legitimate hollywood actor rather than an action star and who's you know that's obviously not you know the pinnacle of the profession but a lot of actors would like to reach that point um so we'll end up seeing that but your consensus you liked it I guess, like, we've gone off into certain different topics. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I think,
0: that, I think the fact
1: is, I'm like— not going to see it again, but— I
0: mean, we only talked about this movie for, like, half of the runtime of the podcast, and I think that's fine. Like, it's not—there's not a ton to break down, but, like, if you want to just have a fun time watching some people make big jumps and do, like— crazy unrealistic stuff and see some what a cool unrealistic modern building looks like then hey it's a perfectly fun time at the movies and it's just like i found it probably more interesting i found more interesting talking about the rocks potential acting shops than probably the movie itself but i had a fairly fun time at the movie too and i would still recommend it
1: yeah i think that um it was a good <laughs> big budget action movie but in a week here, we're going to be sitting around talking about how Mission Impossible was much better, probably, yeah. and that's going to put into perspective really, really what a good action movie, big budget, big set piece action movie is, um, with you know deep storylines and complex characters because they've had six movies to you know create this entire universe, um, and we're gonna, and that's gonna realize. To both you and I that skyscraper is about 10 pegs lower than something like that because um, we've seen it before and it really, really only works if you're trying to have some mindless fun for 90 minutes and you'd like or and you like the rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, and that's a, sometimes enough
0: yeah and i'm curious to see what people think like i said i i didn't actually know anyone else that had seen it you had so i'm hoping that um s- some of the people that you know and some people i know that haven't seen it yet will uh let us know what their thoughts are because i think it's interesting when it's just like a movie like this doesn't get great reviews it's like i don't know it it gave me what i came to there for i know i wasn't expecting Die Hard, and it was it was perfectly fun so i'm curious to see what other people think and i hope they uh they reach out and let us know
1: um, definitely definitely And it, thanks for having me on i know i'm a you got to find some more friends out there. Hit up Josh if you got some good movie ideas. And well, I have some other friends. I, that's
0: the thing. Like I said at the beginning, I have a lot of other friends I like talking to. But this about. is definitely a- – I, I just didn't know anyone else that had seen this, and I, that's that's what I thought was so interesting. It was like, I mean, I want to have you on to talk about movies in the future. I just wasn't planning on having you back on the very next episode, but like, I yeah. didn't know anyone else that had seen this, and I thought that was so weird for uh, – any movie with The Rock is like supposed to have mass appeal and – the many friends that I have that like movies, I, the odds are one of them aside from you is going to see it, and no one did, and I just found that actually pretty interesting.
1: You know, it's Yeah, like, I think I think when you want to you know, pay to see something in the theaters, you're not wanting to see something mindless in today's day and age, because you can go on Netflix and see big-budget action movies and stuff on Netflix really quickly, and um, you can see a bunch of The Rock movies all over streaming services, and when you want to pay for something, you want to see it. So that's something they've been waiting to see, and... You know that's huge. So you really have to like, you know, have Movie Pass and go and see something just because it's free, or or you're a huge The Rock fan. And I know some friends who are massive Rock fans. So yeah, it is about, a certain demographic. We talked so. about earlier.
0: Like this is one of the things that like you probably do lose something not watching it on the big screen. And I, I wouldn't be. I I don't know if Ooh. I'll watch this. I'm probably not going to watch it when it comes to Netflix. It's like I I Definitely. come to see this kind of stuff like on the big screen. And I was mad because my, my theater was showing Equalizer two in IMAX and not this, which Equals two. It's an action movie, but it doesn't seem like it gains as much from IMAX as something like this. Way, but like I still was going to go see it on the big screen, and I'm uh, I'm glad I did because it's like it's not a good enough movie where I'm going to like make it a priority once it comes out on streaming. But like it's it's a worthwhile of time to spend zero dollars when you have Movie Pass. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Uh, which definitely. Takes,
0: which kind of circles us back to your original point. But if yeah. you have Movie Pass, definitely there's no reason not to go see it. It's it's not you're not having to invest anything, and you're you get some level of fun out of it. And if you just like action movies, like Sure, it's probably worth the $12 anyway. So,
1: definitely. Well, I had a lot of fun talking about this, and I think that if, yeah, if anyone else had any thoughts, let us know. Um, Some of these movies are good to, you know, break up the heavy movies in between, because if you listen to our other podcast, I saw two documentaries in Back to Back Weeks, and honestly, both of them made me cry. And sometimes it's good to just sit there and laugh and be bewildered and have fun at the movies. And, you know, that's why you love the movies, is because it can draw you to both extremes just from fucking sitting there yeah
0: it's been a really interesting summer for movies like that that like it's been two two documentaries have like left as big of impressions on us as like just about anything that you might consider a, a regular summer movie and who knows like we said maybe we'll feel a little different after mission impossible but maybe the next time you'll come on i'll be like sometime like uh, end of august like middle of september and we can kind of like do a reflection of it or something because like it does it does feel a little different than like your traditional movie summer you know
1: what i mean i think it's been a better movie summer than Years past, honestly. Well, I'll be like, I'll, I'll maybe I'll, that's because I'm going more though.
0: Right. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll. Maybe that'll just be like its own podcast because, like, there is a bit of a slow time. I'd say in September, like that's kind of known as like the end of like summer movie season typically but like it's before they start releasing the award stuff so that maybe that'll be like a cool thing we could do that's together that's like,
1: Saul comes back that's i'm pumped well, for so that.
0: that's the thing i guess that's when tv gets like good again <laughs> after like stuff goes on summer hiatus sure sure, so sure. Like, well maybe 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 we'll do a summer movie podcast or something like that if like on a week where there's just not a, like a really good new release or something like that that'd be a fun thing to do so uh, uh keep thinking about that as you like finish up your summer movie going and uh yeah uh gram where can people follow you
1: Follow me at Twitter at at Graham Hall underscore, and you can read my coverage of the Florida Gators as they had in the 2018 season uh, at Gatorsports.com or in the Gainesville sun.
0: Great. And as usual, I'm at Josh Dernovoy on Twitter, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y, and Search my name on Letterboxd if you want to see me like write a little bit about stuff. I will to, like, have
1: a Letterboxd soon.
0: Yeah, well, and you can follow Graham on there too once he gets there. So I'm sure he'll have thoughts and he'll waste a ton of time on there also. My so. first
1: review will be of The Room. Check it out. and
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, You could probably write like 2,000 words on that a bit. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about, so- that mindless time so- suck, man.
0: Sounds about as exciting as uh, two people talking about Skyscraper for 40 minutes. But I appreciate those of you who listen to us do just that. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.